Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another secret episode of the No Halos Here podcast. In this secret summer episode, me, Jen, I interview Stasha Washburn, otherwise known as the period coach. And Stasha has an upcoming intake for the period coaching school or the period coaching certification. So this is a really rich conversation around how period coaching and how tracking your period and tracking your monthly cycle is a really ultimate form of taking care of yourself. So Stasha's life mission is to end the taboo around menstruation from things like marketing that makes us feel ashamed of our periods to multiple preventable deaths each and every year due to non-conversations around periods. Stasha's mission and message is to embrace every part of the cycle that makes us so very powerful. Enjoy the conversation. And if you want to find out more about Stasha and the Period Coaching School, go to theperiodcoach.com. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special, amazing, fantastic, fun conversation all about period coaching school and the magic of the highest form of self-care that a woman or someone who menstruates can give themselves, and that is taking care of your cycle. So I'd like to welcome the most amazing and fantastic person, Stasha Washburn, to this conversation. Stasha runs the period coaching school, and we are going to have an open hearted, open ended conversation all about period coaching and self care, the ultimate in self care. Now, we don't often think about like tracking your cycle as self care. However, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the power of tracking your cycle and how it really ties into aspects of care of the self. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to scoop back just a little bit and say that no matter what you're doing, you're influencing your hormones. So doing nothing is influencing your hormones. It's a little bit like decision making, saying I'm going to make a decision and then the deadline goes past and you're like, oh, I guess I missed it, was making a decision, right? Like, yeah. So no matter what you do, what you eat, the smell, your environment, your music, your screens, touch, working out, everything is influencing your hormonal balance, whether you're conscious of it or not. Right. So most of us are out of balance because we're not conscious of what we're doing and how it affects our hormonal balance. Uh, So this is where charting comes in. And this is where it becomes self-care. When you bring it out of I just do these things or, you know, like the internet told me to, you know, fast or whatever to, okay, this is my hormonal balance every single day of my menstruating years, that 40 year span is a menstrual balance day every day. Something's going on with those hormones. And when you know what's happening and what's coming next and how your self care can influence balance ease, flow, enjoyment of every day of your menstrual cycle, then it really becomes a very conscious self-care practice. And that's where charting illuminates what you need specifically versus what the internet guru is telling you to do. Right. So the, I thank you for backing up to that hormone piece, because I think that's not the first thing that people think of, especially women think of when like people throw around self-care. Self-care is having a bubble bath. Self-care is like eat the piece of chocolate. Self-care is go for wine with your friends. However, uh, 
those can be self-care, but they need to be pieces of part of a larger, I'm going to say lifestyle strategy, even that includes chat, um, charting and tracking and that, you know, tracking your period isn't just tracking the days that you bleed. Right. And so I love how you framed it in this. It is really paying attention to the entire cycle of hormones and their influence and the ways that they work with you can work with your hormones to work with you. And this is the magic of what is illuminated in charting and tracking. Can you, um, so lots of people obviously use apps mm -hmm. for tracking. So I, I used to until I recently heard you talking about the apps piece. And I'm like, you know, even though I'm in Canada, it's still cautious. So can you tell us our listeners and viewers a little bit more about the value of charting on paper versus uh, charting on an app and maybe the, the risks of charting on an app these days? Yeah, there's a lot of difference and it's not stuff that you would intentionally think of. So one of the ways that I've been framing it is an app tells you how you should feel, when you should be getting your period, what you should be looking at, you know, um, but that's not you. That's, that's just, you know, that is a little app that's been programmed to tell you what to think and feel about your body, your cycle mm -hmm. and what's happening. Whereas charting on like pen and paper or, you know, like I have this mandala tracker, mm -hmm. you're inputting how you feel and you're recognizing the patterns. So rather than somebody telling you what they think of your body and what you're feeling and how you should be and causing a lot of problems because nobody has a perfect cycle. Nobody yeah. has a 28 day, five day period, cramp, PMS, perfect, beautiful, bright red blood. No, nothing. Just like, that's just not a thing. No, you know, not everybody ovulates on day 14. Um, it's all very specific. And I found every single client has kind of their snowflake moment where it's like, <laughs> most people feel highly extroverted during ovulation. And, you know, a handful of people, I would say about 10% of my clients go, no, I ovulation is exhausting. I'm drained. All I want is a nap. Yep. In fact, that happened to me this past week. I was like, ovulation, I'm napping. In fact, I had two naps in one day, which was like, it's unusual for me, but that's value of getting your own data is so it's like, it's not, so you're not relying on aggregate data to right. tell you how you're supposed to be feeling. Right. You're tracking your own data. So tell us a bit more about the mandala and then we can talk about the apps. Yeah. So here's kind of the difference between tracking, like even with an app, but like period tracking, which is really just saying, this is when we expect you to get your next period. Um, maybe it can say, we think you might be ovulating right now. Um, and you might be able to track a couple of symptoms on there around your period, you know, mm -hmm. how you're feeling cervical fluid, that kind of thing, but it's not the rich in depthness that charting is. So for example, this chart at its, I guess we'll say most classic. So this is set up for somebody who wanted to chart for fertility uh, to either get pregnant or prevent pregnancy. So we have digestion because your hormones are dependent on your digestion, mm -hmm. your basal body temperature, your cervical mucus and, and period blood, 
uh, your libido or if you're using barrier methods to prevent pregnancy or if you're trying to get pregnant charting you know like what happened did was the deed done to completion whatever that important <laughs> information is for you um consumption so the apple for a lot of people is how they're eating you know did i have a healthy day did i have an inflow food today um i started when i very first started doing this i was tracking gluten because i thought that might be the problem turns out it was spoiler mm. alert um so i was tracking if i ate gluten or not and then how did it feel how was my digestion the next day that kind of thing interesting um, cervical, your cervix. So if you are tracking to prevent or get pregnant, you do need to know, is your cervix open? Is it soft? Is it high or is it low? Uh, so that's something that most people don't chart. Most people, I do um, my cannabis therapy in here now. It used to be my meditation. though. So I've meditated now every single day for thousands of days in a row. So like, <laughs> do I need to track that anymore? No, I'm, I'm probably all right. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but I've been playing with CBGs and CBD and I wanted to tell, see if there was a difference in how I felt or my symptoms. So I'm tracking that there now. Mood, introverted, extroverted, happy, sad, angry, anxious, you know, all that kind of stuff. Symptoms and self-care. Yes. So what do you do for self-care? How is it affecting your symptoms? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then the moon in the sky, quite literally, what does the moon look like right now? And your energy levels for that day and then sleep, you know, did Brilliant. you sleep well? Was it interrupted? That kind of thing. Now, this is not something that you can track on an app. You can't track all of this on an app, nor can you see an entire cycle in uh. one shebang. So you can't yeah. really go, okay, well, look, I'm here on day 21. How is this feeling? Let me just flip through the last day 21s. Got it. Right. So now I can go, all right, day 20, I'm on day 21. How did I feel last month on day 21? I was a little tired. I was a little anxious. I was a little annoyed with the world. It's a little mm -hmm. sad. Um, uh, you know, I had a little bit of energy. I had a little bit of cramping. I ate really well. I did have a little bit of a drink at the end of the day, but I can't drink more than a half a glass in a sitting. So this is literally probably <laughs> a quarter of a glass of something. Got it. Got <laughs> it. A little bit of sugar. So I can see how that affected me. And then I can see the next day. Like, okay, so this is what I did on day 21. This was the self-care that I had. And then this is what day 22 ended up looking like. Okay, wow. now maybe I want to make a little adjustment this month and see if on day 21, I want to do something a little different and maybe have a different kind of day 22. Like you can't do that on an app. You can't yeah. go look month after month and pick out those kinds of things and see what worked, what didn't work, how it influenced your energy, your appetite, your whatever. So charting much more robust takes just as long as it does to t fill out your app, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It, it takes just as long to sit down and go, good energy, took a nap, ate well, you know, felt like this mood wise, two yeah. minutes. Done. We're such this push button tap society now. And it's like, how about you pick up a pen? And like, and yet are there all these coloring books like for Zen yeah. meditation? So like, yeah. honestly, that epitome of care of the self and or self-care is that picking up that pen and paper or that colored marker and being like, okay, this is what it was like. And I think it gives you that window into deeper reflection of your, your own, how your own systems work. So yeah. and you're getting immediate feedback, which is always helpful. Yeah. And it's a mind body connection tool. Mm -hmm. There is no mind body connection with app data. 
There is when you're actually writing. You know, this is why they tell college students to take notes longhand, even though most people, you know, talk to text or whatever in classes now. But if you're studying for a test, they tell you longhand, write out those answers longhand because it it mind-body connects. Your, your body's writing it. It sits in your brain better. And I've talked to a lot of clients about this. And I've said, you know, when you go to the doctor's office, when you were using an app and your doctor said, when was your last period? Did you have to whip out the app and look? Yes, absolutely. Every time. Okay. When you started using the mandala and you went to the doctor's office and they said, when was your last period? And you said, well, I'm day 21. So 21 days ago. Exactly. You knew it. You nailed, you knew exactly yeah. when your last period was. You knew what day you were. The, at the worst, you'll go, I'm ah, 20, 21, right yes. in there, which is enough for a doctor, you know, an OBGYN or something, right? I take my charts with me. Brilliant. To my appointments. And I go, well, let me just pull out the data. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So then, obviously, I'm in Canada, you're in the United States. For some of our viewers and listeners who are south of the border from Canada, what are some of the risks of using apps these days with the recent um, legal challenges and changes that have happened? Well, no matter where you are in the world, apps sell data. So you are contributing to that data collection and most apps are U.S. based. So even mm -hmm. if you're in a different country, it doesn't really matter. Your app is still U.S. based. So it's still going to sell your data. Um, some of the menstrual apps years ago got busted for selling their data and not disclosing it to their um, users. Wow. And right. So this was pre Roe v. Wade, like yeah. apps, menstrual apps were getting busted. And some of them were not actually even an American company. I think one of them was a company from the EU maybe, which is I think probably how they got busted because the EU has very strict yes. data sharing um, policies. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's not, even if you don't live in a red state that has eliminated access to contraception and abortion, um, if you're pregnant and you say have to go to Texas because your in-laws are there and your father-in-law is sick and you're pregnant and something goes wrong, you will not be able to get the help that you need. Right. Right. So the access to the data from your app also makes it more possible for them to track you from state to state, place to place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they are working on laws to prevent that. Today, Biden signed a law that was to help women travel across state lines and even give them some Medicaid financial support in order to do that if they need so. So there is some movement and flexibility. But um, I think one of my favorite things is men have started downloading period tracking apps and just putting in all kinds of crazy information. That's awesome. And fake cycles so that if somebody is trying to prosecute you and it's not like this doesn't happen pre Roe v. raid there are women in jail for having a miscarriage it's yeah it has all it has always happened there's yeah. at least a couple states i even talk about it in the revolution will be bloody book um mm -hmm. i mention at least one if not two women that were in jail at that time of writing for having a miscarriage and this was 19 or 2019 wow so yeah, they use your data against you and they can and they will. And 
my suggestion is if you are using an app like like maybe you have a um a thermometer the app connects for your basal body temperature don't give it any other information like don't let it know anything else uh except your basal body temperature um i do i have a basal body temperature um wearable um okay. basal body temperature th um thermometer yep and i I don't tell it anything. It just knows my basal body temperature and that's all the information that it gets from me because I don't want it to know anything else. Uh, and everything else goes onto my chart. So, and I use that simply because we were traveling and changing time zones so much that I couldn't actually get an accurate basal body temperature read right? because of all the time zone changes. And with the regular thermometer, you have to take your temperature at the same time every day. And it was like, well, what time? My time, California time, New York time, <laughs> like what time? Yep. So time I, zones. Like, this yep. is too much. Yeah. So my suggestion is if you are using an app that you can't get rid of because it's like, in, you know, it's you, the only way to get the information is to sync to your app. Don't give it any other information at all. Otherwise, delete your apps, maybe let a male friend or partner uh, upload the app and start putting whatever information he feels is fun and interesting for him <laughs> at the time in there just to yep. use the data a bit and make it harder for a prosecutor to say, get into the data of that app and find yours or that kind of thing. But yeah, I just, you know... I hate being paranoid about stuff, but this is one of those things that you are genuinely uh, righteous in having a, an element of paranoia for on in this case. So Go yeah, ahead. I would get off the apps if you can completely. Uh, and if not, just don't give it any information and encourage the men in your life to help. Yes. Brilliant. I love it. A great call to action. Um, so in terms of this care of the self and self-care, yeah. how um, obviously when we are menstruating, like when we are bleeding, you know, there's there's all these common, quote, I'm going to say myths, but there's all these common tropes about, oh, you're cranky or you're like this or oh, I'm so tired, I've got really bad cramps and all of these things. And of course, we always focus on the negative aspects of we have been conditioned to focus on the negative aspects of that time of the month. So what are some ways that tracking and this care of the self piece can work hand in hand to change your view or perspective around um, when you have your bleed or the whole cycle? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love about the actual time of your bleed is that it is really quite a mystical time if you give it that space so mm -hmm. i often uh joke that deep luteal that like four to five days before your period is the mists of avalon descending <laughs> you have two choices as the mists descend you can claw onto the shoreline of the world and men and mm -hmm. and just materialness and be like no you cannot have me or <laughs> you can get on the boat and be like sweet take me to the land of witches <laughs> and speaking as a person who you know was really exploring her druidic celtic witchery ancestry it's just like this sounds like a dream i've been like take me on the boat let's go and I have to say, it's only been in the last, I'm going to say, I think I sort of first started following your work around four or five years ago. And I'm stampeding, of course, now into perimenopause. 
but it's not too late, even if you are, you know, if you're in your forties, it's not too late to track this. It's not too late to go into this, to really enjoy this deep reflective time. Um, one of the sort of practical self care of the self or self care aspects that I've implemented lately, which I still have trouble, uh, uh, I'm going to say consistently doing, but every fourth week, I block that off and I try not to put in any client calls. I try not to like occasionally one or two sneaks in. If it's a reschedule, that's fine. But I keep it as a steady go inward week. Yeah. And that has been really, it's been really interesting to observe a, my resistance to it at first and B when I do do it, how like spacious I feel and how like, Oh, wow. And then I have more energy to do other things during the rest of my cycle. Absolutely. I maintain that it's the most important phase of your cycle for your business as well as your life. It's, it is the time that traditional cultures would ask, what should we be doing? So typically anyone who was menstruating would gather red tent, moon lodge, some derivation thereof would gather and bleed together and then come back with a message from the goddess or the land or whatever their deity system was with instructions for the community for the next month, the next year, whatever. But they would come back with wisdom, like literal mm -hmm. womb wisdom uh, for the community. And the community would just sit there and wait for it to come and then be like, yay, blessings to the goddess or whatever, and go forth and enact those things. Right. So it really was a, a deep time of reflection. And now we know that it is that time where that um, internal wisdom. So, you know, we know things like more information comes from your gut to your brain than from your brain to your gut, right? Like we know that the information yes. pathways are not cerebral like we thought they were, that they're far more the body giving the brain information. And when we have that menstrual phase, it is that disconnect from the real world time and get your priorities straight. Or in my case, it's almost like a download. So I have endometriosis. I have a very, well, not any more painful, but I had a very, very painful period for a long time. And still, if I don't follow very strict self-care protocols, I will be right back into that very painful on the floor of my bathroom, sobbing for the sweet release of death. Right. So for me, being able to just stay in bed and relax and have that time and space, every month I get some kind of like, Sometimes it's as simple as, girl, you need to rest. Just take a nap, let it go, and rest. Sometimes it's period coaching school. You know, sometimes it's yeah. like your business 10 years from now, this is where you need to be. And uh, I we need you to start now so that you can be there. So, like, let's start playing with this, right? So, like, sometimes I get really very concrete, like, start period coaching school what's period coaching school well <laughs> conversation downloads and sometimes it's as simple as you're on the right path just keep moving forward take some time and rest but that's only if you give yourself that space yes that's tough to do in a culture that prioritizes and reveres busy work and hustle culture and burn yourself out because that's the only way to prove your value. Yeah. 
very, very different. And I think for probably some of the viewers, I absolutely used to ascribe to that. Again, it was again, social conditioning, seeing my parents, the hard work moves you ahead, hard work pays off. All of these, um, the, all of these social and, and uh, I'm going to say even gendered conditioning mm -hmm. situations in which we find ourselves today, we know do not serve our health. And in the long run, you know, we, we know that, for example, heart disease in women shows up differently, very differently than heart disease in men. And so why not go to the root of the issue, which is actually honoring your own biorhythm and your own natural cycle and reduce that risk of heart disease or other health effects, long-term health effects. Um, so, and that is self-care. It's more than the bubble bath. It's more than, oh, I did my journaling. It's more than the five minutes of meditation. Yes, collectively, all those activities do add up. But this aspect of tracking um, and tracking where you are, and you have a beautiful framework of the senses, of discovering your cycle through the senses. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that's such a delicious way to tune into your cycle. Yeah, this was a journey of trying to fix my own endometriosis, right? Like, right. what do I do to get out of this pain? Because I'm not going to live to see menopause if this continues. Like, I had 20 years of intense pain, and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So yeah. I either need to figure this out or I'm checking out. So that's actually where I started health coaching and food mm -hmm. as medicine, um, not to say that I hadn't spent 20 years trying to figure it out, but those 20 years previous, there was no such thing as gluten. Like that wasn't right. a word that anyone uh -huh. used at the time, right? Unless you were celiac, it didn't come into the conversation. Right. And, uh, and it turns out a lot of people with endometriosis are misdiagnosed with IBS. In fact, it's the number one misdiagnosed condition wow. uh, for endometriosis as, as IBS because endo tends to grow around the bladder, colon, small intestine, disrupting digestion. So, uh, yeah, but it, it's, yeah, it was kind of a crazy journey. So I did figure out what the foods were and then I started going, okay, well, Ayurveda and Chinese medicine have cyclical eating patterns that fall exactly with the menstrual cycle. And if we're trying to support certain hormones in different phases and the elimination of certain hormones in different phases, then why aren't we eating foods that support the growth of these hormones and then produce the reduction of these hormones mm -hmm. in different phases? So I kind of took all of that like health coaching information and all of the different diets. And I sort of weaved them together with what I knew about menstrual cycles and Chinese medicine and Ayurveda and went, this is more the way we should be eating. And it's not to say like, you have to eat a bucket of kale in this phase of your cycle. <laughs> I it's know some people would like, be like, hell no. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no, no. And that's exactly it because no diet's going to work for you if you have to eat crap you hate yes. or you have to avoid stuff you love. It's just never going to work. So it was like, okay, well, what are the generalities and the gists. So then we started kind of putting together like food and flow. What are the foods that help your flow? And then I started seeing a lot of clients and then I started really working on my business. And then as a type A overachiever, <laughs> I worked, you know, 20 hours a day, every day for like two years. And my endometriosis was back just as bad as it was before I figured out all the diet stuff. And I thought, well, there's no more food I can eliminate. Like I'm already gluten-free, caffeine-free, sugar-free, you know, like there's nothing else to be free of. So now what? 
And I had started to see studies coming across my desk that were things like, you know, your, your verbal skills are tied with estrogen. And I thought, okay, well, if I have to run this business, but I have to spend a week on the floor of my bathroom every month and then like a week recovering, how do I run a business in half the time? So that's when I started playing with, okay, well, why don't I batch all my verbal skill business activities once a month when my verbal skills are peaking? Why don't I batch my graphic visual creativity stuff when my visual is peaking? Why don't I? So then I just started rearranging my business and basically taking like what a 24 hour work day for men looks like, where it's like you get up at nine and do social media. And then at 10, you do copywriting at 11, you do graphics at 12, you take a, but I blew it up for a month. Brilliant. And I was like, okay, so we'll do copywriting with my verbal skills instead of every day at 9am. And we'll do mm -hmm. graphics with my visual skills instead of every day at noon, you know, or whatever. So it started to go, oh my God, this is, this is way easier. And then I started to go, all of my clients had their own businesses or they were like CEOs or lawyers or, you know, stuff where they had like manipulatable schedules. And I would go, okay, let's doing this. Brilliant. And it worked so well for all of them. Like I was shocked at the results. Like I didn't expect employee retention to go up. I didn't expect businesses to start running better. I didn't expect that you could actually increase your income while decreasing the hours you work, not because you're decreasing the productivity, but because you're doing it with flow instead of with like, you know, a, a guru white dude who wrote a book for yeah. a bunch of white dudes. So it was like, oh my God, I cannot believe this works. So what else can we do? And at that point I was just, I was on fire. I was like, well, let's talk about smell. What are all the smells in mm -hmm. my house? What are the ones that we use to balance different hormones? And what are the, what's my eyeballs? How are my eyeballs feeling throughout the month? Like they feel very <laughs> tired when I'm looking at the screen in deep luteal, yep. but I love to see bright, shiny action movies and follicular and in, in luteal bright, shiny action movies make me feel like I'm under assault, makes my cramps worse, make, give yeah. me a headache, a migraine. And I was like, okay, sight and sound. These are two things that influence my hormones. I know because I'm such a sensitive container Mm -hmm. I can feel it. And I was like, oh, all right. So how do I, let's do this. Let's play with the clients with this. Let's, so we did touch, we did movement, we did spirit journaling, different questions through the different phases of the cycle, different meditation practices in different phases of the cycle, tapped into my Tai Chi Qigong practice I'd been doing for like 10 years at that point. So it was just like everything. And then I realized, you know, I had a client who was coming in with PMDD-like symptoms. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose, but if I was, that's probably what I would tell her. PMDD is like PMS on steroids. Like if you're yeah. moody with PMS, PMDD is so depressed, they're having suicidal ideation, Yes, right? Like yeah. it's extreme. So she was getting really, really depressed around that deeper luteal phase. And so, and putting on weight, bloating, gassy, yeah. terribly uncomfortable. So what society told her to do was to not eat any food and go work out twice as hard, mm -hmm. which is making her PMDD worse, which is probably what flipped her from having PMS into PMDD. Again, not a doctor, can't diagnose it, but you know. Yeah. So I, I was like, this is the absolute opposite of what you should be doing. You need to eat really nutrient-dense foods. You need to eat carbs because you menstruating people need carbs to have proper ovulation yep. and menstruation. And you need to stop cardio. This is, this is 
fucking up your hormones. Yeah. So we completely did the opposite <laughs> of what society was telling her to do. And her bloating went down and her PMDD symptoms retreated and she yep. felt so much better and so much more like calm and kind, not to say like, oh, and now I'm going out and smashing yeah. it at work. The idea was to give that time and that space and that relaxation so that you're not living in that extreme and you're not feeling so uncomfortable and terrible in your own skin and understanding that like, it's just like four days of the cycle and then you come out the other end and it's going to be okay. And having that yeah. knowledge and understanding of that cycle repetition, like last night, uh, my partner is a Tai Chi <laughs> expert and I'm in the middle of the launch and I was like, your job as my Tai Chi coach is to spend at least a couple minutes every day with me, helping me and my mindset just feel better in my body, Love it. anxiety, also know that I have endometriosis and no, I can't go out there and do, you know, push hands or something right now. And he was telling me to do this breathing practice. And he was like, your belly needs to expand. And I was like, babe, I have endo belly. It's already expanded. There is no more expansion. <laughs> he was like, okay, please. just carry on. I think that's, so like, I think that's a beautiful benefit of this, of linking this whole sort of tracking and charting to this deeper, this deepening of self-care is that it gives you a language and a framework which, with which you can communicate with your loved ones more effectively about where you're at with your cycle. And I think that also that's been the, it didn't used, to, you know, before I started the, the work um, with you and sort of getting to know your work and the way you do things, I'd be like, oh, I have my period. And now I'm like, more, it's more like, oh, where am I in my cycle? I tell my husband, I'm like, I'm on day 21. I feel freaking fantastic, but I'm heading into a lower energy phase. So you really should, you know, just be aware that I'm not going to be as engaging in the next seven days. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it goes. Having that conversation, even um, with the kids, like saying, hey, I yes. would like to have the play date at your house this week. But let me take them in two weeks when I'm in ovulation. You know, exactly. bring all the kids over when I'm in follicular ovulation. I'll take over a play date for that week. You take, you know, it's brilliant. intimate relations with your partner and going, okay, I'm in follicular and ovulation. It can be a quickie in the closet. On <laughs> it's great, but in two weeks from now, I'm going to need you to put the towel on the bed and really commit to getting down on it there mm -hmm. before you have any kind of penetrative activity. So like, yeah. Even having those conversations where, so that, you know, your partner's not like, wait, why don't you love me anymore? Or your kids mm -hmm. are like, why is there, you know, why is mom just on the couch while we're all running around? Like you can A, explain it to them and B, start manipulating your life so that it's enjoyable for you and you're getting yeah. the support you need. Building your life around. And that ultimately is care of the self is building the life around you that serves your needs so that you can show up exactly how you need to be and you can be a better human overall. Yeah. And when we're better humans, everything improves. Everything. This huge weight that just yeah. releases. My favorite example, put red sheets on your bed during your menstrual phase. Wow. Okay, not just okay. because Ah, oh, beautiful ritual of red sheets in the menstrual phase and like get out the red candles and maybe get the red jewelry or red dress or something and like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of have that little special ritual to yourself. But also, who cares if you spill over at night? It's red sheets. Yeah. 
like let go of the stress of, and I know, I know so many people who are like, well, I can't quite sleep well. And I'm afraid of leaking. And there's like this little back running anxiety that's going on the entire five days. And it's like, just get rid of the anxiety, put red sheets on the bed. And then who cares? Like, just what are the things that you can do to get rid of those little Nibbling, anxiety, and they're tiny tweaks, right? I've totally, I totally do that. I have actually, I don't have red sheets, but I have this beautiful, like rich earthy brown red sheet that it's soft bamboo cotton and it's so luxurious. And when I make the bed up with that sheet, I'm like, I get into bed, I'm like, oh, so good. It doesn't matter if anything happens at night because it's just brown sheets, it doesn't show. And it's, it is that little tiny shutting off the niggle or taking care of the niggle because that really is self-care. It's not shutting it down and squashing it away. It's taking care of the niggle, which is another aspect of self-care. I love this. Um, So tell people where they can, you have the period coaching school coming up. Um, So you've got a number of events and webinars all about that. So please do tell our listeners and our audience about this and what's coming up. And then tell us a bit more about the period coaching school, please, and where people can find you. Absolutely. So we have a webinar August 9th at 5 p.m. Pacific that's going out um, really to shed light on what period coaching is, if it's for you, if it looks like something that would be an asset for you, you, your business. So this is uh, this is not specifically for people who menstruate. This is quite literally for anybody who has or wants to have a coaching business that works primarily with people who menstruate. So that biggest chunk is going to be if you want to work with women from preteen to mid fifties, say this is you, right? And then of course our non-binary trans sisters, that kind of aspect as well. If you're working in those more marginalized communities, also going to be important information. Um, And Lord knows I have talked with enough of my friends who were transitioning to female and having to like explain what the menstrual cycle feels like and going, oh my God, that's exactly what this feels like. So Mm -hmm. really quite pertinent information. Um, So it's kind of, you know, if you have a business already, no matter what field you're in, this is going to be information you need to know. Uh, And I like to give the examples, health coaches tend you can't, when are you giving your client a cleanse? Because you cannot do it at specific times in the cycle. When are you asking your clients to make shifts in their diet? Because you cannot do that in certain parts of the cycle. Um, my relationship coaches, why would you ever have your client go home and have a conversation with their partner in, in certain parts of their cycle? Mm-hmm. That's a terrible idea. Oh, speak um, from experience on that one. Yep. Right, right. Yep. Uh, you know, my life coaches, you can't give a client a seated meditation and ovulation. It's just mean. Uh, you know, so like it doesn't business coaches, your clients yeah. could be getting way more done more effectively and efficiently if you're working with their clients cycles. So like say even money, are... money coaches too, you know, like right. oh, oh. Have, a na- have a naked budget meeting. Well, how about a not during that week? Or, yeah. you know, have a budget meeting. But how about when you your communication skills are at their finest and most clear, and yeah. not at their potentially angriest or most frustrating? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So like, it doesn't really, it does not matter what type of coach you're, you're, yeah. you are. Uh, and then of course there's an enormous world of period coaching, everything from helping people 
find flow in their cycle to helping with specific problems like PMDD and endo and PCOS and infertility and all those kinds of things, teens starting red tents, you know, perimenopause. So there's an enormous umbrella under menstrual coaching just in general. Um, and you can put these things together. You know, one of my students, um, Laura in order is yes. now business in flow. And she went from just helping people organize the back end of their business to charging more and teaching people how to launch with their cycles and right. run their back ends with their cycles. So you can also specialize and charge more. So, uh, it's really quite beneficial and you yourself do not necessarily need to be menstruating. In fact, my partner is going to join us in the school this year Wow! to give it a go because he wants to be able to work with his menstruating clients in Tai Chi more effectively and efficiently. So he also wants to come and learn all this stuff for his clients. So brilliant. It's really truly for anybody. If you're working with menstruating people, this is for you. So we're going to just dive into it and you can bring your questions, ask, you know, all that good stuff. We'll talk about the school and what it does and what it doesn't do and all that kind of stuff. So you can bring questions and find out more about that. Uh, and then yeah, period coaching school is a truly unique place where we learn the menstrual cycle. We learn the art of it, the science of it, you know, the mechanics, yeah. we marry them together in a beautiful blend of science and woo. Yeah. Um, but we also go into business, you know, how do you run your business back end with flow? How do you make it easier for yourself? How are your structures? How is your marketing? How are your sales systems? Um, and we also talk about, um, your coaching, right? Like how do you, yeah. how, what kind of questions do you need to have on your intake form? What kind of um, coaching practices do you want to work with? What are the tools that you can use to work with your menstruating clients? Uh, how, how do you want to structure your coaching sessions with your clients? So we dive into all that good stuff and there's a, there's a great mix of um, content as well as live calls and opportunities to get support and suggestions and, and that kind of thing. Fantastic. That's great. It's, uh, yeah, I've, like I said, I've followed your work for years. I know we're friends and we work, we also work in this beautiful uh, world of coaching together. And it's been so fantastic to see a, your, your business and what, what and how you talk about things grow and change and to see how much more uptake there is. So I think it's really is, like you said, a growth industry. It's so, so worth checking out if you don't already pay attention um, then this is the ultimate in care of the self is to chart, start charting your symptoms. Even if you're, even if you're approaching menopause or perimenopause, you, it's never too late. And if you're not currently menstruating, you can also, you know, track around cycles of the moon. There's many alternative ways that you can start to track that, yeah. um, that are absolutely valuable. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Our non-cycling students chart. They use the moon phases and they yeah. always uh, reveal information that they are su just super grateful to have and work with. And yeah. brilliant. I, I mean, men should be doing this too, frankly, but that's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Supporting the men, somebody else can do that one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. This has been a super fun conversation, Stasha. Thank you so much. Please do tell people where they can find you. So what are your main platforms and yeah. your website? So you can always go to periodcoachingschool.com. That'll give you the information uh, as well as there's a banner at the top through if you want to sign up to the webinar there and it will be there until the webinar is over. Yeah. Uh, and then of course I'm at Stasha Washburn on Instagram and Facebook and on TikTok as Stasha.theperiodcoach. 
So um, I think those are the three big ones that I'm on anyway. Three big ones. Excellent. Yeah. Well, we're going to get this video and conversation out to the world in the next day or so. So totally looking forward to the next time our paths cross, which won't be long, actually. And um, have an amazing day. I'll share some of your bio pieces each Perfect. time that we share this. So that people have an idea to get to contact with you. And if you were thinking about period coaching, definitely show up to Sasha's webinar on August 9th. Okay. Have an awesome day, everybody. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Bye.